What's up, everybody? It's Jeffrey Lyles. You are rocking live with Lyles Movie Files. Joining me tonight is the one and only little brother, Jace. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. It's time to get some podcasts going. Keep the momentum going. That's what we're doing. Let's get it done. All right. Jay King, what's up with you, man? Um, loving life, man. Enjoying myself. Hope y'all are doing the same. Um, congratulations to our brother Jason. Uh, he had big news. Um, for those of you who don't know, he's about to uh, punch his ticket. And I mean that. He's about to join the uh, the M Club. And I don't mean M Sport. I mean, he's about to uh, make a big move, man. So congratulations, bro. Thank you. <laughs> that was dry as hell. Oh, thank you. That was dry as a terrible turkey. Do you want to elaborate, sir? No. Uh, no, yeah, I do not. Well, I, I, we don't have to get a duel. Oh, I, I didn't mean you. I, I just meant I, 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 I was more so making a joke of, you know, somebody who does want to speak. Like, like he's on the stand. Do you, do you want to say anything more, sir? No. No, no, I do not. No. Okay. All right, oh, we're gonna need we're gonna need Lance Russell in here to drag this in here. Right. <laughs> Let's see what we can get. All right. Yeah. All right. So I had have something that I want you guys to tackle, but for now, let's go through some of the big news of the week. Looks like Spider Man may be getting one of his rogue. Ugh, let me start over with that. It looks like one of Spider Man's rogue gallery may be getting their own solo film. Now, we've already seen Venom, anti-hero slash foe, Morbius is also getting one. But this one is a character we've already seen on the big screen. What would be the most fascinating super Spider-Man villain to have his own film? You know, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go with, uh, if, if we were going good villains, I think we can tell about the tale of uh, Norman Osborn. Like, there's actually, he, he's the younger one, right? Harry is his son. Norman is the dad. Okay. Who was, who ended up stealing Iron Man stuff? That was Norman, right? Yeah, it was Norman. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Norman Osborn takes over for Iron Man, becomes Iron Patriot. You know, we, 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 we just skip through the whole him being a uh, Spider-Man bad guy. We just think he's on up and up and up guy. And then we find out, no, he's a psychopath, a genius psychopath. I think that's the way to go. What you got, Yvonne? I've always been partial to Kingpin myself because I would love to have seen the rise of Kingpin. What King his humble beginnings to being one of Spider-Man's uh, uh, main and biggest nemesis. Uh, what got him there? What got him that iron grip on the city and? Uh, made kingpin what makes him tick he's also he's always been a fascinating character to me i would love to see a kingpin uh origin story i guess well guys both of you are have good ideas but neither are the one that sony's going for apparently oh, the sony project yeah apparently mysterio is going to get the solo spotlight and i'm not quite sure how mysterio works in a film where he's the main character. Uh, Jeff, I have, I have a question. Well, Sony Studios doesn't know either. 
<laughs> Didn't we just use Mysterio in Marvel Picture Spider-Man? I mean, they they have a shared partnership with Marvel Studios, so that was the Sony slash Marvel Studios film. So we have seen Mysterio already, yes. So we're going to do a Sony slash Sony Mysterio film not starring Jake Gyllenhaal? I'm not quite sure how it would work. I mean, we just, we, we just introduced him in the last Spider-Man movie, right? Not like this isn't like Tobey Maguire had a spinoff movie where Mysterio was just a bit player, right? No? I mean, um, I guess one way they could go with this is have somebody else take all of Quentin's tech, become the new Mysterio, maybe decide to use his uh, abilities for good as opposed to evil, which would suck, but that's one way they could go with it. Or just make him another villain. I mean, like, because they actually did the really cool Mysterio. It, I, just, I actually just watched Far From Home, uh, I think, was it Saturday? So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, it's like this Mysterio and all these illusions was really cool. And the story they came up for him on in Far From Home was also very cool. It actually kind of threw me off for half the movie. It was like, oh, man, this is stupid. Why are they going to do this? Oh, they're not. It's actually good. Right. Why am I doubting Marvel? Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, silly me. Yeah, and but but this is going to be a Sony project. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hmm. I don't know where to go with that. I mean, honestly, it's like these are the guys that didn't think Andrew Garfield was good because of unknown reasons. I mean, other than, you know, I think Jamie Foxx, who am I? What is this power? Okay, let's let's move on from those poor early Sony decisions. They're in my good graces right now because they they they've partnered back with Marvel. So right now I'm going to give them a pass. Um, so you bring up an interesting fact with Norman Osborn, where this could be the one time where we could see some really cool developments from Marvel Studios. Um, back when Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, etc., were believed dead. Baron Zemo sees that opportunity to form his own group of heroes who are actually comprised of his masters of evil. They call themselves the Thunderbolts, but somewhere along the line, some of those former villains decided, hey, we kind of like being heroes, and we want to stay being heroes. And that led to a big confrontation and another really cool book from Marvel. There's a lot of rumbling now that the Thunderbolts are a project in the works and we may start to see some seeds of that develop with the Falcon and Winter Soldier story or series. I think that could be a really fun show and now one of the new rumors is that the Red Hulk may debut as part of this Thunderbolts movie or get his own TV show. We already know they've got a She-Hulk series in the works and Red Hulk may show up there as well. What do you guys think about these potential changes or this new direction for Marvel? I like the idea of uh, the Thunderbolts because they actually, that was one of the comics I actually read recently in Marvel. It didn't suck because I could actually follow them and they didn't like cancel it like five days later. Um, uh, I thought we're going to have Red Hulk is 
General Talbot? Uh, it depends on how closely they stick to what they set up with, um, with everything they've done so far. He actually should be General Ross. Oh, that's what I'm. I'm sorry. Talbot is. No, no. Talbot's on Shield. So Ross, yeah. Uh, this is like kind of a. It would have worked. I think it would have worked better if they did this like right after this before. Uh, in game. Everything's wide open. There's no Zemo could have been gone. So. Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm talking about Red Hulk, but I'm like, wait a minute. Well. After this, now that you have a new kindly general Hulk, but you need a warrior Hulk. You don't need this soft guy who doesn't who's afraid to throw a tank halfway across the world. You need you need a soldier. Mm-hmm. And he and he could easily be a bad guy for She Hulk in her series. Yeah, I mean it's like hey, I wanted you know we wanted a soldier, and then the Red Hulk serum eh, made me go crazy for a little bit. I, I I'm thinking of kind of how. They did the uh, Red Hulk in uh, Avengers Mightiest Heroes. And I'm like, yeah, they could kind of do something like that. It would work. I mean, even and even taking out uh, Hulk, you could do something like, you know, we have a new She-Hulk. And then we have Red Hulk kind of turns the world against her when she's just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with uh, These are two projects I think could go well. And I think She-Hulk is a... Is going to be a series, right? So the deal is they're going to make all these shows and they will graduate to the movie universe. Now, whether that's as part of a team or have or be part of the next whatever event. So maybe there's another Avengers where they throw in a She-Hulk, Miss Marvel, Falcon and Winter Soldier in there. Mm-hmm. We don't know. They haven't kind of explained what that step is in the process with I assume would be phase five so we're not sure mm-hmm. okay but I mean what I meant is like you have time to grow She-Hulk before you throw her in it's not going to just be a, a self-contained movie so I, I mean I think uh, and I don't know what they've done with She-Hulk since the time I knew Jennifer uh, was it Jennifer Banner or whatever like when she was actually a Hulk looking person, but was a attorney, like I still think is one of the actual funnier ideas for a Marvel comic. And as a TV show, I think it would be really fun. But if you try and make that into a movie, I think you'd run the risk of kind of going daredevil theatrical movie. Javon, what do you think about this? Um, I don't have as much knowledge about the backstories of any of these characters, but <laughs> I do know this. Marvel has to move in a different direction and introduce new heroes into the universe, cinematic and tele and, and the uh so why not? You just gotta knock it out of the park. You can't just trot out anything and I think Marvel's built up enough of a track record where they um they they they're certified, you know. It's like with the Patriots, you can't count them out. Every, you can't count them out in any year, right? <laughs> the same thing can be said about Marvel with this. You know, no matter who they try out, no matter what heroes they try out, what stories they tell next, they've had, they've built and established themselves, Marvel Studios, enough that you can trust that it's going to be in good hands. They're not going to come out with something that's going to be 
as as Chief would say, chocolate daddy, and, and just say, hey, now sop, sop this up with a biscuit, stupid. They're going to take their time and present something that the people are going to enjoy because that's just what they've done. And even their uh, uh, not as popular franchise, popular like, um, for example, Ant-Man, uh, Doctor Strange, they, they, these are still movies that you will watch, you will go see. Marvel's futures is, is always looking bright as far as I'm concerned, and all they got to do is stick to the formula and do what they've been doing as far as, you know, as far as we've seen. They, they just, they got the magic touch, man. They cannot go wrong. Good point. All right, so I've seen a bunch of movies lately that I cannot share my opinion on them because they, the embargo has not been lifted yet. But I'm curious to get your guys' take on these films if you would see them. The first one is Bat. S Bride. Um, the full title is actually not. It's like asterisk out, so I'm not <laughs> censoring myself from this one. In this film, a bride is told by her bridesmaids that she's super uptight. So with April Fool's approaching days before her wedding, she decides to tell her fiancé that they're not a good fit and they should not get married. To which her fiancé goes, oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I totally agree. We should break up. So then she has a few days left to try to get her wedding back together. Would you guys watch that movie? <laughs> uh, she, give it to me again one more time, Jeff. All right. Uptight Bride. Uptight Bride is told that she's mm-hmm. too much of a stick in the bud. So she decides to show her friends by pranking her fiance and saying that they should not get married on April Fool's Day. He agrees and says they should break up and then she has just a few days to try to get her marriage or wedding back on track. Who's in it? It's no one you would know. Nope. So you wouldn't see it. I, I, I say that because with that premise you need someone to sell the movie unless the trailer there's only been a handful of movies where I didn't know any of the actors coming into it but what sold me was the trailer right okay and unfortunately you know actors you know it's in anything man you want names you want to know the people who involved are, are good and you, you well, well let me tell you this to make you these, these aren't okay, theatrical these, these aren't theatrical films these are video on demand you could you know, just pop them on while you're home. Five bucks. Okay. So. Okay. I mean, based on the premise, I would have I would watch the trailer first, and you got to make me laugh inside of 15 seconds. I got to see something that that draws me in. Otherwise, no. Okay. And if there's VODs, yeah, if they're VODs, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I will I say just, I that a I lot mean. of VODs get lost in the sea of garbage, but there are some really quality ones mm-hmm. that if you kind of sift through, you can find a gem. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I mean, I've come across some VOD gems in my day, but that one, I, I don't know what would sell me. And that's always the... That's always it right there. If the trailer don't sell, we've covered this before, you know, even on major theatrical releases. If the trailer don't sell you, you're not interested. Okay. So for that one, the trailer would really have to get me. The trailer right. would really have to pull me in. Jace, how about you? 
Uh, if the lead actress looks like a likable character, doesn't look like a jerk, I actually would watch that. Because it's like, to me, it's like, what always got me about Bridesmaid, it was like, the woman Annie was not likable. She was kind of like, ugh. So if this is like, kind of like, you want a, a nice rom-com where she's trying to show her wild side, but also know she screwed up, so we kind of throw a little bit of hijinks in there. And it had, I mean, I'm not saying it has to be, every joke has to be perfect, but if you can kind of come up to like that, like, uh, what was that? Uh, Always be my matey kind of mm-hmm. uh, level of comedy. I'm thinking, I'm thinking actually, I, 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 if you told me I have to green like this based on just what you told me, I'd be like, yeah, I will see. Give me a script because that could be fun. You raise an interesting question. Um, so with comedies, they have to hit a certain ratio for us to think, oh, that was good. Like the joke ratio or how many times they make you laugh has to be at a certain level. Um, Coming to America is a really high joke level film to me where it's like pretty much a 99 out of 100. Like all the jokes that they try to do are funny. They make me laugh. The Hangover is another film where it's like, yes, everything works. I'm, I'm all on board. The Hangover Part 3 is like a 2. Like nothing works for me. And I'm just like mad that they try to do it. So what point is a good movie to you with a comedy? Like is it 60% the jokes work or is it 80%? Uh, I got to say 80 because the 60%, you got 40% of a movie that is dead air. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, look, I can guarantee you the 60% is working in the first act. The second <laughs> yeah. act is going to be <laughs> chuckles here. This and sounds there. like yeah. a Chad Appetite movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly like. I mean, like beside Anchorman, that I mean, Anchorman is great until it hits that. Whoosh, it's like, uh, why am I not laughing anymore? Damn it! Well, I, I like Anchorman one all the way through. Anchorman well, one but, all the way through. I funny. think that no, I'm, I'm sorry, Anchorman one because like when he when he when he fell off his clip, it was quick, and then it got him back over. But like. Yeah. You know how like knocked up what kinda about, or some of the other ones is like oh well not well, I felt that I not between Anchorman, forty year old virgin, and this is forty were the ones yeah. that suffered to me from yeah. that, right? But I'll tell you so this is forty was a s it was a marathon. Dude, <laughs> thirty five minutes. Like, how long like, is this movie? <laughs> what the hell? It's like is this Judge Judd Apatow's marriage therapy session? Right. Like, what? Was, was that what the one with Steve Carroll? Uh, no. No, that, that was, was um, Paul Rudd Paul Rudd and his wife. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. It didn't end. It was like, come on, man. What would have made that movie better to me is jokes. if jokes. Well, that 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 Jeff and I always said this: you built on such strong characters from knocked up. If we would have saw um, uh, what's my man Seth Rogen oh, and Catherine Heigl in the second, yeah, and in, in the second act of that movie where they're a young, where they're a couple with a small child trying to make it happen, and if during Paul Rudd and and um, Leslie Mann's 
characters in the throw of marriage at 40 years old, whatever they, whatever it was, if they would have saw the beginnings of their marriage in them and, and, and you know what I mean? I'll rekindle some of that spark based on what they're going through and, and also introduce those characters to bring some funny and levity to it. It would have been better to me. That movie it was, it just got, it became a slog. It's just depressing. It did. It was a slog. It was. It was. It really was. It really was. That's how it is in his movies. All right, let me go on to this next one then. All right, so To Your Last Death is an animated film kind of in that stilted, sort of herky-jerky style of an archer, but it's about these four siblings whose father brings them to his office to tell them he is dying. But before he goes, he wants to take them with him because they doomed his vice presidency. Oh, one more thing. The eldest daughter got permission, or she has already experienced this, but a mysterious being has magically allowed her to repeat everything before it happens so she can make changes and stop her siblings from dying. <laughs> Is this a Japan or something? Nah, dude, it's American. Oh, wow. It's oh. like Saw with death traps and craziness and Happy Death Day. You know, animated to the uh, tune of Archer, right? Yep. That's that's kind of like the style. Oh. That's that's rough. Bro, that, to me, that's rough because expecting to laugh. Whenever I see, unless it's straightforward anime, Japanime, I'm expecting to laugh, right? Okay. So I that was a tough watch for me. Jace? Yeah. Okay. What kind of movie is this? Is this a comedy? It's horror, horror. Straight horror. It's like horror sci fi. Okay. Anime horror can be very good. Graphic is all Hades. Yeah. Um it's super graphic. I think I I I could see this working. I mean, like because I'm I'm thinking of like yeah, I, I think this could work because I'm I'm seeing like this, you know, almost like a what was it, uh, Go Go Thirteen style animation, over the top, like Big Boss, uh, VP Dad, close locks down the whole office building. Now yep. he's got his kids yep. Yep. running around trying to save themselves, but he doesn't know that the power of this magical being is in his eldest daughter, youngest daughter, whatever. Uh, I can sell this. Good deal. Daniel Radcliffe is now on rumor killing mode and he's debunking reports that he'll star in the Marvel Studios Disney TV, Disney Plus TV series Moon Knight. Knowing what we know about Daniel Radcliffe and his versatility as an actor, would you think he'd make for a good Moon Knight? Wait, I thought Moon Knight was going to be Kit Harrington. No, he's Black Knight in Eternals. Uh, totally Moon different. Knight, Moon Knight guy's got a white and black costume with a cape. Yeah, it's basically all white. Yep. But he has multiple personalities, so he shifts what alias he's using depending on the way the mood shifts. I don't know. No, he's versatile, and I think he, he would, I think he would enjoy getting something long-term that's not Harry Potter. But I mean, he he's he's been smart enough. He's like, 
I have no ego in this movie business. I do not need to be the lead in every movie. I will be Igor in your Frankenstein movie. So, um, is it a very physical role, or is I mean, like... I, I mean, he should be in costume when he's fighting people. Oh, God, um, sure. For the most part. You know, with these guys, I mean, would you say Robert Downey Jr. is physical? I wouldn't. Uh, no. Or would you say Don Cheadle's a physical actor? I mean, they... <laughs> No. Wire work and all that yeah. stuff, they can work around it now. I think you could do it. It's just, I don't know, man. I would, for Moon Knight, I would like to see some brooding. Uh, just a, a bigger, hard faced guy, you know? He's a brooding dude. Okay. All right. So, fellas, I came upon this article and it was saying that Kristen Dunst is the most underrated actor of her generation. I had some issues with this because I do not feel. She's underrated. I think she's exactly slotted where she is. Good enough to do well in your movie, but we shouldn't necessarily look for her to get an Academy Award nomination anytime soon. So I put this challenge up to you guys. Who is the most underrated actor or actress or actors and actresses that you consider of their generation? Uh, I'm... uh... My, my thing is, it's like if if we we're going of her generation, I'm I'm actually gonna go with Rosario Dawson, like because she came around the same amount of time as Kristen Dunst and has never really gotten. I mean, everything she tends to do, she does very well, but she never has that like starring. I mean, her only love interest main major player role was the famous uh, Men in Black Two. And that's not really where her talent level should be as leading lady. If you're going to put Kristen Dunst, I think I, I'm, I'm quite comfortable sliding Rosario Dawson a little higher up. Javon, you got one? A couple. Um, and do they have to be of her generation? You, you can go whatever you want. Okay. Um, I think Wesley Snipes is a, a very underrated actor. Um, because we've seen his versatility. He doesn't, he can't, you know, you, you can't just regiment him as just being the action star, even though he spent a good bulk of his career as an action star. Mm-hmm. Wesley's done comedy. He's done dramedy. I mean, for what it's worth, he was Miss Noxzema <laughs> and, and Tu Wong Fu. Everybody killed it in that, but Wesley Snipes is Miss Noxzema. Come on, man. You couldn't ask everybody, anybody to just do that role, you know? So, I, you know, there's Wesley. Um, I agree with Jason Rosario Dawson. You can look at her filmography and 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 and, and pick roles where she just stood out and and continues and continues to stand out in things I see her in. Um, um, God, Regina King. I think Regina King always gets acclaim, critical acclaim, but she doesn't get the roles. That's for sure. She's definitely an underrated actress. Um, how old is Kristen Dunst, by the way? She's thirty-seven. 37, so she's still very young. Um, God, I'm just trying to think of the actresses that once um, her peer group and, and, and just thinking because a lot of these young ladies, uh, they relied upon being beautiful. You know, that, that's been the big selling point. We don't have the next Meryl Streep, in my opinion, unless I'm missing something, unless I just don't, I'm not up on my, my, my actors and actresses and, and, and what have you. I don't see the next Meryl Streep where you say she can do anything. I think a lot Maybe of she's a really <laughs> tricky one to kind of hold up. It's like, hey, where's the next Meryl Streep? I don't think there's a Meryl Streep before I, Meryl Streep. 
I mean, that's, that's like, I mean, to me, that's like, that's saying, where's the next Gary Oldman? I'm sorry. I, I, that's a hard I mean, but you could You could say that's Oscar Isaac. You know, there's names that come to mind when you say that. You know, it depends on, it depends, you know. But with, I'm, I'm really trying to think. There's a, a lot of the young actors who are out right um, I think Margot Robbie, you know, she's getting the roles. It's mm-hmm. just, we rely on Margot Robbie. I think okay. she's underrated as far as her skills as an actress, but we, we just look at her. She's hot. Everything, she's hot. She's hot. She's hot. She's a damn good actress, you know. Um, I think, God, what is her name? I am drawing a blank on this young lady's name. I can see her face. Oh, man. She was in this. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember what I just saw her in. I said, "Man, she 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 got it. Like um, uh, the emotion she 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 displayed in that character, man. Oh God, I'm trying to think of her name. You want me to come back to you? I could say Notori Norton too. Yeah, I could say Notori Norton too. But yeah. Okay, Jay. She said you got another one. I, I think one one of my I don't even know if she, I could say she's underrated. I think she's slotted. Uh, my my person would be Emma Stone. I think. Emma Stone, when she, I mean, and I still say she probably got screwed like in La La Land. I thought she did a great job in that. Of uh, was the I think, and I was, and the movie I was talking about was the movie she was dating. Oh, I guess that was uh, Ryan Gosling in that one too. What Crazy was the one? Love. Yeah, Crazy Stupid Love. She was good in that. Easy A, like that was. I mean, it's like, and so she has like. Okay, she can, she, because the one great thing about her is she is attractive, but she isn't like stop everything as soon as she gets on the stream attractive. So if she grows up and ages a little bit, she's not, oh man, she just fell off and now we can't use her. Right. So like kind of how, Mer- I mean, like going back to Javon's, like Meryl Streep was, has almost always looked like Meryl Streep. She just has now gray hair, I mean, white hair. But she's always looked very similar to Meryl Streep. So if Emma Stone could look, I mean, if she kind of stays in that area, like, I, I mean, cause especially because her acting is very good. So if she could stay in that barometer, I think she'd be a very good one. I think she's probably, like, like I guess I think she's kind of underrated. Okay. Uh, and I, I got another one. Uh, All right. Is uh, Amanda Siegfried. Okay. Like, I thought, like, because her... Uh, like her, I liked her. I liked her a lot in uh, like Miz, and like some of these other like, and even like the ones I talk, I think I talked about like last year, two years ago, like Anon, where she was like kind of this mysterious woman, and it was like, oh, like I don't know if she, if she doesn't get the roles or something, but I think she's actually really good, and it's in I I I always wonder like why she doesn't get them because I think she I mean, unless I'm like is she in Mama Mia? Is that why? No yes. one calls her. Maybe okay. So maybe she's got that steady work. She doesn't really need everything, but and then can do her little side, a side project like a nod because she knows that that uh, musical money is always going to be there. But I think she's she'd be another one. It's like okay, let's like I'm not saying I'm going to rush out to see her stuff, but I know oh she's in this. Okay, I'll, I'll check this out. Like so yeah, that would be another one I think is underrated. All right. I, I I got super greedy. Do you remember yours, Javon? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The young lady that was in Loving, um, and she's also Ruth in Nega. that show, Ruth Nager. And uh, God, I'm I'm thinking of the other young lady. She was in Undercovers. 
Um, I've seen her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's definitely underrated. Yeah, she's definitely underrated. Like, Ruth Ruth Nega is like, she she was in S.H.I.E.L.D. for a long time, and it was like, nah, man, y'all got rid of her? It's like, I mean, and then she's got like, was on Preacher for a while, but it's like, y'all, I mean, y'all don't want to let her kind of come up a little higher? Dude, they dropped a ball on S.H.I.E.L.D. No, S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't. Her arc was fine. I just wanted her in there a little longer, but she, I, I just thought the 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 way they handled Shield, they dropped the ball. I don't know, man. Maybe just with the interaction with the MCU, but Shield's been great. Yeah, I'm not. I think they definitely could have had a few more people breeze through. Like, hey, did you guys know that that Coulson's still alive? What? Tony Stark shows up on Shield, but is, outside is of Shield that, on, is Shield <laughs> on Disney Plus? Uh, no, it's not. Oh, is it still on Netflix? It's still on Netflix, which I oh, keep maybe watching. there until it's done. Yeah. Okay. I think they have to finish their seventh, the seventh season this summer, and then probably like a year after. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just until this. So we'll see. All right. So here's my, my list. Carl Urban. Um, mm-hmm. The dude is, he does a little bit of everything. He's good in anything you put him in, from Doom, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I mean, he's just, he's really good. And I feel like he should be a leading guy in more movies like Doom. But dude, he's in the he's in the boys though. I mean Yeah, so. and the boy I mean, yeah. I'm just saying that for movies too. I mean the boys has been off for a while. Why wouldn't he, you know, get in the lead in a movie at that point? Um, Naomi Harris. I know she's kind of a supporting role in the James Bond films, but she was great in Moonlight and I think she's somebody that should have a lot more starring roles as well um, than Real Fast. David Oyelowo, John Cho, and Chiwetel Ejiofor, all these guys should be headlining more films. So, that's my list of yeah. un- actually underrated people. So, Dude, I just saw a movie with John Cho not too long ago where he... Uh-huh. Um, he was trying to find his kidnapped daughter. Yeah. How was that? That was, it was really good. It yeah. was really good. Yep. I felt like I dropped the ball not seeing that one because that, that looked good. You should definitely check that out. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very excited to go into my dummies of the week. So, uh, Javon, do you have any nominees for dummies of the week? <laughs> oh man, I, I I really there's always somebody I I want to say everybody who's taking sides in this whole uh, uh, airplane seats uh, uh, seat back debacle that happened. I don't know if you've uh, you guys have seen that, but a woman put her seat back and, and apparently disrupted the passenger behind her on a plane. And this guy starts to punch the back of her seat. Not viciously, but annoyingly, right? It's really passive aggressive, really, really childish for the juvenile thing to do. Um, but everybody who's quick to take sides, I'm pretty certain that both parties were dead wrong in the in the, in the, in the action in the, in the actions in this. Um Apparently, this was a tall guy sitting behind her. She put her seat back, bumped his knees badly, spilled his drink on him and all that. So his retaliation was to just punch the back of her chair. 
And as juvenile as that is, he probably kept that up for about 45 minutes to an hour doing that. <laughs> and now the woman has been on everything from TMZ to the Today Show to Good Morning America telling her side of the story. She's suing not only, I think it's Delta Airlines, she's suing TSA, she's suing the guy. She's suing everybody here. I, I don't know, man. This just, it, it seems like total inconsideration on both sides. And before, we, we were just so reactionary and so quick to, to, to jump on these, these kind of, these kind of things that we don't take anything into perspective anymore. We're all just reacting to whatever we see. Um, the more I see it, the more I see and hear this lady tell her story. She's being a total opportunist because you're now suing the the, the flight agent, uh, the uh, flight attendants on the, 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 the who are on the plane. It's like, lady, you made a choice. You put your seat back and you pissed off some guy behind you. Any action has a re- has a reaction. You know, it, it you can't just go around suing everybody <laughs> because you were kind of a jerk, and so was he. He's not exonerated. Everybody was a jerk in this, you know. I just the way people react to things these days is insane. It's just I I don't know, man. Every, everybody's just lost their damn mind. What can I say? <laughs> All right, Jace, what do you got? Okay, my dummy of the week is sadly all the folks that are defending Shaka Khan's performance of the NBA All Star Game. Now, I know some of us black folks have these national treasures that we find can do no wrong and we will excuse all things possible. But from any objective criteria, Shaka Khan's rendition of the national anthem was maybe two fingers higher. No, I'm sorry. At least she tried. She, I was going to say Roseanne Barr's performance, but... At least she did try and sing all the words. What she did with those words was not sing a national anthem. And somebody like literally said, like, somebody made a joke, like, hey, I was just figuring she was just going to say, you know, sexual chocolate at the end of it. I pretty much thought she was going to do by the end of that. It was just like, this performance is abysmal. Like, no, there's no defending this. This is not a conceivably good version of the national anthem. I'm like, I think I could have 40, 50 year old JoJo and Casey sing a better version of the national anthem. Ooh. I mean, that, that was this just, that was brutal. So the people defending Shaka Khan and saying that was a good version of the national anthem are my dummies of the week. Yeah. And they clearly did not listen. Again, they they just went on that. Like, oh, what are you, why are y'all talking about Shaka Khan? I'm like, okay, let's go to the tape. Let's go to YouTube. <laughs> Let's not defend this performance. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was, but I got to do with it. <laughs> yes, this is laughable. Yeah. Uh, so mine is maybe not Gwen Abel's, the Yahoo or NBC News headline writer, but but uh, the writer who came up with this headline for the Rosario Dawson officially comes out as LGBTQ in latest interview. Now she's dating Cory Booker. So I was curious what she this was about. So I go on to read the article. In the interview with Bustle, Dawson clarified that a 2018 Instagram post about Pride in which she stated she was sending love to her fellow LGBTQ plus homies was mistaken as her coming out. People kept saying that I came out 
I didn't do that, she told Bustle. I mean, it's not inaccurate, but I never did come out, come out. I mean, I guess I am now. Here's the part that makes me question this entire article and why it was anything. While Dawson did not elaborate on how she identifies, she added that she never had a relationship in that space. So it's never felt like an authentic, never felt like an authentic calling to me. I have questions. How then do you write the headline that says she came out if she's never been in an LGBTQ relationship? Because she says in her interview that I guess I'm coming out. Which, again, I'm sorry. This has got to feel real awkward for Corey. Uh, no, no, no. Her publicists have, have since said that her comments were taken out of context. She did not come out. Ashley, what I presume to be an LGBTQ writer, said that Dawson's coming out moment rang hollow because she's never been in an LGBTQ relationship. And she's just using it to come off like an ally, get some of the buzz and support what? from it, while not actually being part of the marginalized community that actually oh, suffers oh. for their sexual preferences. Okay, so she's a female Latina. Yeah, she's pretty. She's pretty. She's pretty on top of the world. No, she was saying that she's only saying that she's LGBTQ because. Uh, it's the trendy, popular thing to do, and you get a lot of support from that community. But how, okay, so how is she, she's already shown support for, quote-unquote, your community, so how is she trying to graft onto it? Because um, that's become this trendy thing now, apparently, where influencers go, hey, I'm part of the team, and they get support followers, money, opportunities as a result of this it's okay, something so where minute, straight people have started to recognize that oh it's not a lynching thing now i can uh, take advantage of this population and reap benefits from associating with them okay again she's already said i'm cool with you guys i actually produced my own movies don't need any extra additives i'm, I'm I, <laughs> You just said she was underrated, so... I can't know, I'm saying... <laughs> I, do I, I think she's still underrated, but it's like, again, just like John Cho, it's like, I think he's underrated, but if you put me... But he's also making moves for himself. She's like, hey, I'm underrated, so I'm going to make these moves. So... Javon, what, what do you think about talk this? Talk me man? talk me down. What, what am I doing? Who knows, man? I'm looking at it this way. <laughs> the, the LGBTQ community is... We're about to lose like, sponsors. Hey, look, we're not going to lose any sponsors because I'm going to keep, I, I, I like to hold a mirror up to, 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 to people and their nonsense, right? This is the same community for a split second two years ago, turned or two, three years ago now, turned on RuPaul for like five minutes. Somebody who was beat the drum for LGBTQ, LGB, LMNOP, whatever. I, 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 I don't have the letters. The LGBTQ community, right? And don't be offended by that. It's just too many. You just keep adding letters, okay? I'm 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 losing it. You know, you just keep adding letters. I I I can't follow it. I can't keep up no more. <laughs> but nonetheless, this is a community that turned on RuPaul, who has beat the drum for LGBTQ rights since you've known the name RuPaul, right? 
because of a comment that he made that was relatively true. I can't, I don't want to go into this long story, but it, it seems like when you're looking for offense and you're looking, we, we just live in a triggered society. Everybody's looking to be offended and triggered all the time by something someone said or did, as opposed to taking a moment to have some damn perspective, even thinking about what, what, what was really said or what's actually being said. We're just always looking for a reason to be offended or triggered or have the comment of the day or the, you know, to, to, to be the one that jumps down someone else's throat. It was like something recently, oh, the Shia LaBeouf, they, these are other dummies of the week. The people who jumped down Shia LaBeouf's throat at the Oscars because he was in, yeah, because he presented a, an award with his friend who has a uh, Down syndrome and saying he was so annoyed and he was being a dick and he was being a jerk. No, he wasn't. He was with his friend and he was, you know, like friends do, we rib each other. And if you had just taken a moment to have some goddamn perspective or, or even just shut your face and realize these two are friends and have starred in, what, two movies together? They have a really great friendship. And he, there was even a nice article posted about how Shia LaBeouf said his friendship with this guy who has Down syndrome had changed his perspective on a lot of things. But we were so quick to jump down Shia LaBeouf's throat because of what we perceived to be a guy being impatient with someone with Down syndrome. No, you're just looking to be offended. Stop it. All the time, it, it has to get old. It has it, to get tiresome. It must not. Because, I mean, like, because I, I, I actually read that article this morning. And I was just, I, after I read it, I mean, the, the one Jeff brought up, I was like, this is really a non-article article, other than just kind of like a bad thing. I mean, I'm like, uh, Corey, so your girlfriend says she's attracted to women. Like, um, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty sure... If somebody asked a poll of college, I'm sorry, 40 year old women who were in college, did you have you ever kissed a woman? I'm thinking there'd be a couple hands up if you asked them truthfully. So that's probably, I mean, that's pretty much about the extent of what Rosaria Dawson said. But to make it a giant article was like, this is overblown. But then to get to come back and say you're offended by it, it's like, you should be offended about the article. Just like this is, this doesn't merit front page coverage. It's like that that you need to say under the NBC out column that she identifies. Like no, she didn't. That's like saying like no, that's a non article. Like so, you're gonna get offended by that. It, it must like Javon said. It must be tiring to get annoyed and offended by everything all the time. It's just like do y'all find any joy in anything? I mean, does do, do, do you watch kittens go play around on YouTube or something? Like, see dogs playing in the snow? Because you guys really should. It, your life would be a whole lot easier. Well, Jason, then they would find a reason to be offended by dogs playing in the snow because it becomes now an issue of whether or not uh, uh, dogs' rights are being acknowledged because <laughs> does this dog really want to be in the snow? Like does this dog, dog have a particular a... coat? The dog should have had a coat coat on. Why why didn't they have a dog sweater for the dog playing in the snow? And and, and are we exploiting this dog for likes and viewership (laughs) on YouTube? It's a nonstop siege on just just common sense. It doesn't end. It never ends. Yeah, I think you're right. All right. Well, fellas, thank you. That was, I love these debates, especially about our trying social media times. So, Thank y'all for rolling with me as always. 
Thank y'all for listening out there. This episode of Files Movie Files has been filed. <laughs> <laughs>